0: You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast.
1: Happy Wednesday and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Elise Schaefer, and I use she, her pronouns. RailsConf is coming up fast, and I can't wait to see you all there. The CFP is open and the program committee is accepting proposals for talks for the conference. Today we have Andy Kroll on to discuss the CFP process and help you craft that perfect talk. Andy uses he, him pronouns. Andy's been doing Rails since 2007. He runs a small team at Coverage Book. He started Brighton Ruby and has been organizing it for 10 years. He's also helped organize RubyConf Mini and is one of the co chairs for RailsConf Detroit. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. Very kind of you to have me at the last minute. Spoilers it's actually Monday night in real life, not Wednesday night. <laughs> Elise is lying to you, people. <laughs>
1: Thanks for calling me out. I wanted people to think that I was recording these literally right before they got posted.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's the key. It's like make people think this is as spontaneous as it possibly could be.
1: So maybe let's talk about RailsConf. RailsConf is a Rails conference. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about RailsConf and the history and like how you came to be the co-chair for RailsConf Detroit?
0: Yeah. So I mean, I can tell you from my experience, Like, I wasn't there at the beginning, although I've been around a fair old while. RailsConf I think initially there was an international RubyConf in sort of the early 2000s, and then a Danish man appeared at one of these conferences, launched some web framework or other, and I think it went down quite well. And then for a couple of years, I think it was like a massive O'Reilly, like thousands and thousands of people thing when like Rails burst onto the scene and they were like massive, massive sort of San Francisco, I think. Sort of set gigantic Rails comps. And then it sort of settled back down into broadly speaking what we have today, which is a gathering of somewhere between 700 and 1200 Rails folks in a big city that's easy to get to via rail, depending on the American city, and in a conference center or a big hotel. And there is three days of it's a celebration, really. It's a celebration of the coming together of the folks who built stuff with Rails. I've been to three or four of them over the years, spoken a few. And it's always a good time the community comes together. And I think it's one of the highlights of the calendar year, certainly. as a place to go if you are a Rails developer. The other thing that it does is it it actually supports the infrastructure that we all depend on. I think one of the things that people don't realize about RailsConf is that it supports Ruby Central. It's a nonprofit that looks after RubyGems, looks after Bundler. In fact, the conception of RubyGems came together at an early RubyConf And therefore, and over the years, the money and the sponsorship and the ticket sales that goes into RailsConf goes to pay for all of the RubyGem libraries that we all use and the security patches and the work that's on those. And running those things isn't cheap or free. Yeah, it's one of the major ways that Ruby Central raises money for the whole year. How did I get involved? I got involved 10 days ago. Maybe slightly more. I got a message from Ufuk, who runs the Ruby infrastructure team at Shopify and has recently joined the board of Ruby Central. And one of the other board members of Ruby Central was due to co chair with him. And unfortunately, they can't due to life pressures. And so Ufuk asked around, and a couple of people said my name. And so he messaged me, and we got on a Zoom call. He goes, How about helping me co chair this conference? And I was like, But it's in Detroit. And he was like, I know, I live in Turkey. You're closer. So I'm literally recording this from the Marriott Renaissance Center, which is the conference hotel I arrived in Detroit about two hours ago. It's very late at night for my body, although it's only six o'clock here. I can see the conference center from my window. And tomorrow and the next day, I'm doing a site visit with the Ruby Central team and the events production staff. So I'm literally in the midst of getting my feet under the table and walking the halls where we'll all be walking in. It's four months' time.
1: Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. I don't know about you, but I feel like in the last several years, four months feels like a week. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> the time has gone all sorts of bendy since 2020. <laughs> I've got no idea. I used to be 25, but I'm not anymore, and I don't know how that happened.
1: No, it's awesome. I'm happy to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes and what's going on. That's really great, and it's good to hear. So the reason that you came on the show is because yes, RailsConf The call for papers or call for presentations is open now. It's open until February 14th. We are trying to get the word out and get people to submit talks. Can you talk about the CFP process and what goes into it?
0: Absolutely. Lots of conferences, lots of Ruby and Rails conferences around the world have a CFP process. And it's just a way of getting great content for people and giving people the opportunity to share what they have learned. So for RailsConf and RubyConf, the two major Ruby Central conferences, they're almost entirely built up from CFP. So a group of folks from the community who've either volunteered or have been to previous events or have spoken at previous events and have the free time to go through hundreds of talks and pick out the ones that we think will tell a good story for the three days. A group of people volunteer, and we're all going to go through those talks as they come in over the next two or three weeks, probably whenever this comes out. So you still have time to put a talk in. Yeah. So that's the process. You write an abstract. You sort of spell out what you want to say in your talk. You don't have to write the talk before you submit it, obviously. I often think about it as writing the talk that you would want to see. It's just if you happen to have it picked, then you end up having to give it.
1: It's a little bit like when you make a suggestion and then someone is like, hey, would you just mind doing that?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, did you step backwards fast enough? No. So now you're doing it. No, it's a really great experience. I've spoken at, like I said, several of the Rails comps over the years, and it's always been a really, Good time, And the feedback you get from the folks who come to the talk is always really, really great and really starts up really interesting conversations. So for this year, we're very much focused on building things with Rails, like RailsConf in each year sort of reflects what's going on in the community at the time. And in this case, we really feel like a sort of slightly narrower focus on really the ways that we build things with Rails and the teams who build things with Rails whether that's early stage or later stage or the Shopify's and GitHub's of this world, with massive old Rails apps that I can barely even reason about. We're really looking forward to hearing from folks. And one thing I really want to do is get voices that we haven't heard very much from in the community, maybe over the last couple of years. I like to think of it as the, the middle of the community. You hear a lot of introduction to X technology talks like, Here's how to use active record. Here's how to use the new caching stuff from 37 signals that so you hear those talks quite a bit and they're great because it's, Oh yeah, I'm not using that. My app that's coming up in rails, eight, nine, whatever. And then you also hear the, we are Shopify and we have the world's biggest rails app. And here's where we did some really esoteric thing to make this whole of Ruby faster. You're welcome. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Great. I get the free stuff. That's awesome. I love that. What I really want to hear from, and this is selfishly for myself as well, is to hear from those middle-sized teams where there must be hundreds and thousands of us out there, teams of five, 10, 20. How are we building things with Rails? What technologies are we using alongside Rails? Like where have we swapped out a bit of the framework to suit our particular needs? Where have we taken a bit of the framework that sort of matured and put it back in and gone more vanilla? What coding technologies have we used? What things on top of Rails? Are you a React and Rails shop? I'm not, but lots of folks are in that world. How do you work best with that? Is there a way that you can move from React to Hotwire or from Hotwire to React? Or how do you run a medium-sized team? Big teams, you just have an enormous amount of management. But like us small teams, how do you do that? Like, is it one person running 10 devs? That seems really hard. Is it lots of little pods? How is remote working in your company? All sorts of stuff. There's all of these interesting topics that we just don't hear enough about, and we can all learn from each other. And absolutely, I am by no means an expert in Rails. I've been doing it for ages. I should be better than I am, let's face it. But none of us are. And that's the point. Talks are not about you being an expert. They're about you sharing your experience and in putting together the talk, maybe diving a little bit deeper. And then you give folks in the audience a chance to understand and maybe investigate for their own teams. They come to RailsConf, they see a few talks, they go, do you know what? That thing that that woman said on stage about active job, like we should do that our place like we should change how we use our queuing we should do change how we use caching like all of these things are of a huge benefit to us all and i really want to get into that sort of really practical tactical i mean it's a conference talk it's never training but like so it's a sense of you really learn something and you have something to take away as well as like all the good vibes and you know the the excellent feelings of being around seven or eight hundred of your nearest and dearest ruby friends
1: yeah i think that one of the great things about conferences. And it's true of RailsConf. It's true of RubyConf. It's true of more local Ruby conferences. One of the great things is every time I've gone to a conference, I've picked something. Like I've gone to a talk and I've learned about something. And I've been like, that is really interesting. That would solve problems that I have at my job right now. And then you can take it back to your team and say, hey, I learned about this cool thing at RailsConf. I think it would really help us. We should try it out or like experiment on a small feature or small ticket or whatever. So I like that you're sort of trying to find maybe the methodologies that we're using to build software that broadly applicable. That seems like a good tack to take with the conference.
0: I mean, it was one of the things we want to do this year. We're changing up how it looks as well. So one of the big successes from RubyConf last year, what they called the hack day. And so we're we going to do that for RailsConf. So there's going to be, the first day is going to be talks. There'll be a keynote, maybe another keynote and talks, multiple tracks. And on the second day, we're going to have workshops. So the workshops will not be against the talks this year. I know loads of folks love to go to the workshops at RailsConf. They're slightly longer. They're a bit more practical, they're often in a sort of more classroom type format. So we're going to run the workshops and a more free form hack day. So there'll be opportunities to maybe take the things you've learned on the first day and spend some time like trying them out on your own app or maybe contributing to framework or maybe meeting up with folks in different teams or the folks in Rails core who will be there and trying to build really about building this year. We all like to build, but, you know, sometimes in a conference, if it's all talks, particularly if it's a multi-day, multi-track thing, if it's all talks, you can often find yourself just like, I just need to go off and stare at my laptop for a bit, all the socializing. It can be exhausting. Like I come across as an extrovert on this, but I'm an introvert like the rest of you. I need to recharge. I love the conferences and I'm super social for them. And then I go and hide in a cave for a week afterwards. Like that's absolutely how I operate. (laughs) And so that second day is a chance. Yeah, (laughs) that second day is a chance to put some of the stuff you learn on the day one, some of the inspirational stuff you've learned and put it into practice on day two. Maybe there'll be open source Rails projects you contribute to. Maybe there'll be the framework itself or trying a new technology you've just learned. And then for the third day, we'll go back to talks again. So it's a case of mixing up the format of the day and like Really, sort of that second day is workshops, hallway track, actual coding, and an opportunity to try something out so you can even say when you go back to your team after RailsConf, do you know what? I tried it on that day, and obviously it was just a spike, but I got something done, and it really worked for us. And it actually does fit in our app, and I had time and space to do that, which you don't often get in your day-to-day work.
1: That's a really interesting sort of change. I loved the community day RubyConf. It was just an amazing way to split things up and to say, hey, we're going to have a hack space and we're going to have workshops. And I was recording at the conference. so I was sort of floating around, but it was nice. You would like float into a workshop and then I would float over to the hack day and sit at a table and see what people were working on. And it just felt like there was a lot of energy in those spaces. I don't know. It made me feel very good about the. I mean, I always feel good about the community, but it made me feel really good about the community to just like sort of see that we're all coming together and working together. And it's great.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be sort of an energizing feeling. That's what we're going for. Because it's often you need a bit of, you know, a three-day conference is a long, old stint. And it's good to have that opportunity to just be sociable in a different way. It's a different thing from opting out of the talks or going to all talks or whatever it is. It'll hopefully just roll into even opportunity to go and see the sponsors, right? There's more flexibility in that day than when there isn't a talk scheduled every 50 minutes or so. So that's hopefully the plan.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited. So how should people think about putting the CFP together? Like, what are some tips that you have for someone who maybe is thinking like, I have a great talk idea for that theme?
0: Everyone's got their own way. I was discussing making talks, as I often do, after my conference a couple of years ago. And certainly the writing of a talk is a very individual process. I throw slides against the wall to like, got like 400 and then I edit them down. And then if there are jokes that I really like, I'll try and bend the talk around them. And some people like to write it all out in hand, or some people, they like to write it like an essay. There's all sorts of ways to write talk. But in terms of writing a CFP, the main thing you want to do is make sure it's interesting and don't hold back because no one who is coming to the talk is ever going to see the detail of your CFP. What they will see is the title and the abstract. So... The most important bit is obviously the title and the abstract have to like draw you in and tell you what the talk's about. Ideally, if you can get, you know, something funny in the title, that's always nice. I like that. But for me, the detail is where the real thing is. You have to sort of show that you have planned out your talk and it doesn't have to be a very detailed plan. It just has to sort of say, well, I'm going to spend five minutes talking about this and I'm going to cover this point and this point. And then I'm going to spend 10 minutes talking about this and I cover this and this. And then I'm going to spend another 15 minutes talking about this and this. If I've got five minutes in the end, I'll talk a bit more about this, and then I'll do some Q&A. Or then I won't do some Q&A. I don't like doing Q&A. I don't enjoy it. So it's important for the program committee to understand that you have a sense of what the talk is and that you have a sense of that slightly below the first level of detail so that we have a confidence as a program committee. Because obviously, most of the people who apply to this stuff, first of all, we don't know who they are on the first pass through. And on the second time around, we don't really know your experience. We don't know your speaking experience. We don't know your familiarity with the technology that you're talking about. So the only place that we can get that is in the detail. So that's, for me, the most important part. If you want to see some really good examples, there's a site called speakerline.io that's run by Nadia Odenayo, who actually is on the program committee this year. And she's collected a bunch of talks. The abstracts for talks that got selected and didn't get selected. It's a really good resource to see what other people who got their talks selected did.
1: Nice. That's awesome. We will include that in the show notes so that people can check that out, as well as the link to the CFP for RailsConf for people to actually submit a CFP. You had mentioned kind of like including a breakdown of I'm gonna spend some amount of time talking about this or some amount of time talking about that. Should people try to have their whole presentation figured out before submitting the CFP? Or is that maybe a
0: fool's errand? <laughs> Honestly, I think that's a fool's errand. I often only find the real talk once I'm writing it. But, and actually, none of my talks have ever completely accurately represented what I put in the detail, you know, down to the minute or whatever. Some bits expand as you write it. Some bits, you might realize as you're writing it, you have included way too much material. And so you have to cut some bits out. Or you might realize that actually you got through that bit really quickly. And there's actually not much to say in that particular introduction part. So you might go, okay, I need to go to the next level of depth here. Or, you know, in some cases, you're writing the talk as you're progressing the project that you're talking about. So you may not even know how the project's going to end, like if it's more of a story about how your team did X. You don't know how that's going to work out. You won't know it until the conference. So yeah, I very much wouldn't spend hours and hours writing out a presentation before I had got accepted. That's one of the things we're trying to get the CFP wrapped up fairly quickly to give people plenty of time to put these talks together. And one of the other things that we're doing is the program committee and myself, will be available to help. We did something we've done with RailsConf last year and RubyConf last year, was we're able to provide some sort of speaker coaching. I've done this with Brighton Ruby for years. Often I'll see a talk three or four times before, if someone's particularly nervous about it, before they do on the Brighton stage. And I hope I can offer some of that level of service to the RailsConf folks as well. Particularly as we're going to have slightly less talks this year, because we're not going to do three days of talks. It's going to be two days of talks and one day of workshops and act day and community day. So I think We won't be spread quite as thin in terms of the sheer volume of speakers. So hopefully we'll be able to make the experience for those speakers a really great one and make sure they come off as best as they possibly could on stage.
1: Are the workshops going to be part of the CFP process? If someone is putting together or has an idea for a workshop, should they submit a CFP?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Definitely they should put workshops in the CFP. And actually, in some cases, there may be a time where we'll see a talk and we go, do you know what? That would make an amazing workshop. Or we'll see a workshop and we'll go, that's not really workshoppy. That should be a talk. I fully intend to coach the best quality content out of the people who submit. And maybe that's, hey, why don't you turn this into a two-hour workshop with exercises rather than 40-minute talk? So yeah, they should definitely submit. Please bring us your ideas. The conference is only as good as the content. So yeah, it's really important that we get as much as we can.
1: Awesome. So I think, Is there anything else that you would say to people who want to submit for the CFP?
0: If you already have a ticket, your ticket is free. We're covering hotel stay in Detroit. You should just throw your hat in the ring. What's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is you end up on a call with me three times and have to give a talk to me in a Zoom window. But aside from that, you might have a really nice time. Honestly, I always think of the speaker track as like the most fun track. It's harder work, obviously, than just attending, but it's fun and starts conversations There's a free dinner at one point. That's nice. But yeah, it's more about the experience of putting together a talk and working out what you really think about a subject. It's also valuable for you individually to, you know, they always say you don't know something properly unless you teach it. And I think a conference talk is a really good way of of teaching a bunch of people the stuff that's in your head and maybe working out what you think about a thing at the same time.
1: It's very good that you say, just throw your hat in the ring. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine recently and she was like, well, I don't really think I have a topic that would be good. And I was like, I can think of three or four topics. I can think of one very big topic that I would love to hear you talk about. What if somebody is in that boat? What if somebody's like, I don't have anything interesting to say?
0: You're probably entirely wrong because everyone has something interesting to say. Your own experience and working with bits of the technology that we all love to work with day to day, you might have a particularly idiosyncratic thing. Maybe you're the person in your team who always gets the bugs or you're the person in the team who always goes, I'm really good at naming stuff let me actually break down how I name stuff.
1: Man, I think we could all use that talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please teach me how to name stuff. So it's not just a something thingy. Yeah. So definitely like there's so many great talks I haven't seen. There's so many titles of talks that I would love to see. And I really think that there's a real opportunity, a big conference like this to both give talks aimed at a beginner audience and also talks aimed at an intermediate or an expert audience. Like there's plenty of space for a really deep, dive into sort of application thinking. And it's something that we don't actually hear a lot about. We hear a lot about the Shopify folks are great. Folks who work in Ufuk's team, right? They do really interesting stuff. And I watch one of their talks and I feel like I understand the internals of Ruby for literally 15 or 20 minutes afterwards before it evaporates from my brain.
1: That's how I feel.
0: (laughs) Every conversation with Jeremma, right?
1: And Aaron Patterson. I was going to say every talk he's ever given. I feel like I'm going galaxy brain. And then an hour later, I'm like, wait, what was he talking about?
0: There's something about cats. I don't know. It was funny. Yeah. So yeah, I really think there's a real space for talks about, okay, this is why we and I have come up with this theme of like building with Rails, like the application level thinking It's how do you structure your application? I think there's just so much interesting, gritty, useful, practical, tactical stuff that people will be able to take away from RailsConf this year. But in order for that to happen, you need to submit your talks. So yes, please do. I don't know if I've said this again. Please submit your talks. Please. I don't mind. I'll read every single one. It'll be great. It'll be tiring. Also, if you happen to live in Europe, you can also submit to the Brighton Ruby CFP, which is also running at the same time because apparently I'm a glutton for punishment. So like, if you want to submit for that as well, please do. But I'm mostly here to pitch for RailsConf because we need more talks for that. I only need like six or seven for Brighton Ruby because it's a single day thing. But yeah, please just give us your ideas flesh them out. You've got a couple of weeks and hopefully see you in Detroit.
1: Yeah. I cannot wait for RailsConf this year. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to being there and seeing all of these wonderful talks that you all in the audience are going to submit CFPs for in the next couple of weeks. And then getting to watch those talks and see all of the community. I think that's like my favorite thing about going to conferences is I get to meet new friends, but I also get to see all of the conference friends that I've made in the last couple of years. And we all get to learn new things together and we get to work on stuff together. It's nice. It's always a great experience. So I'm super looking forward to this year. It's going to be great. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great. And I look forward to RailsConf and getting to see all of the wonderful talks that end up making it through. I hope that our listeners will submit some great CFPs and that I will get to see so many of you there so yeah thanks for coming on and talking to us
0: an absolute pleasure and i will walk the halls of the conference center tomorrow and imagine what might be so whilst i'm doing that get your ideas into a notes document and then stick it in session eyes and send it across and we'll see what comes out
1: awesome this has been the ruby on rails podcast it was a pleasure talking with andy and I'm so excited to see all of you at RailsConf. We've included speakerline.io as well as the CFP link in the show notes below. So make sure you submit your CFP before February 14th. So yeah, looking forward to seeing all the wonderful talks. We're starting something new on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment about this episode, send an email to comments at the rubyonrailspodcast.com. You can include a text comment or attach a file from Voice Memos or Google Recorder, and we'll respond to some of them in a future episode. Thanks to Paul, our wonderful editor over at Peachtree Sound, for making us sound like professionals. And thank you for listening. You're a gem.
0: You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.